Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host. This week, we're visiting with one of my heroes an artist, a collector, a designer, an outdoorsman. And certainly I would put him in the category of being called a legend, the legendary Bob Timberlake. Bob was born in Salisbury, North Carolina, because his hometown of nearby Lexington didn't have a hospital. Bob married his high school sweetheart Kay in 57, and they raised three children and now have seven grandchildren. Bob has never left his small hometown and he has his art studio where he paints on a farm. His retail gallery can be found on Exit 94 for any of you that's traveled on Interstate 85. And among the many honors that he's received, the Albert Schweitzer Medal of Artistry, the American Forestry Award, the North Carolina Public Servant of the Year, the Iron Eyes Cody Award, the Outstanding Alumnus Award from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, the prestigious Order of the Longleaf Pine, an induction into the American Furniture Hall of Fame. Bob is an artist, a collector, a designer, a brand, an accomplished outdoorsman, and a close friend and business partner of Bass Pro Shops. Now, let me tell you, when you're driving on Interstate 85 close to Lexington, North Carolina, you're going to see a stretch of highway that carries his name. Now, folks, that's big time. I want you to make welcome the man whose name graces the premium brand of clothing and accessories at Bass Pro Shops, my good friend, Bob Timberlake. Bob, welcome to Outdoor World. Rob, it's my pleasure to be with you. I'm just uh, When we talked to you two weeks ago, I was looking forward to the next time we got to talk. You know, we had a chance, Bob, to visit just before we went on the air, and you told me this is your time of year. Why don't you describe that to our listeners out there, because it's mine, and I guarantee a lot of listeners out there feel the same way. Well, it's just that time of year where I just, I think I feel better. I'm more anxious. I want to get outside. I want to get in the, behind some bird dogs or go quail hunting. And I've already been to Montana one time. So, uh, I'm looking forward to several other trips before the first of the year. And, uh, it's just that time of year where I feel better. <laughs> well, you know, I think all of us as hunters and outdoorsmen, you were saying you were listening to, to possibly a new flock of geese coming in there to your, uh, yeah. into your pond and you know listening to that goose music it does an well, awful lot to enrich our soul well i'm sitting down here watching the geese right this minute actually and uh, there's a new flock i think just came in and uh sitting down here eating oysters for lunch and sitting by the fire and working on a painting is about the best thing i can think of to do <laughs> and other than being out in the, behind some bird dogs or or uh, you know duck blind that's a little early for that but looking forward to doing some of that this year too sure well bob as i mentioned in your intro having a stretch of i-85 dedicated in your honor has to be very very special tell our listeners about how and when that happened 
Well, it happened several years ago, but it, the, the honor, I, I really owe that to where I'm from and the people that are here and and all the people that I work with because I work with some of the finest, most talented people in the world, honestly, and they're right here in Lexington, North Carolina, where we have the best barbecue in the world, too, by the way. <laughs> but it's uh, a nice place to live. It's uh, small. It's great. It's my hometown. My wife and I have been in this county, our families, for 550 years. Gosh, so I'm my. kin to most folks, and she's kin, if I'm not kin to them, she's kin to them. <laughs> well, that's got to be special, that family-type feeling that uh, right. you know comes from a small town and certainly the history of that family, your family, being there for, for so long. Well, I want, I want you to share a little bit, and we're just about out of time here in this first segment, take a break, but just for the next minute, and we're going to jump back into this after the break, but share a little bit of background on yourself. You've just touched on it there, but what makes Bob Timberlake tick? Where did that passion for the outdoors come from? Give us a minute, and then we're going to take our first break. Well, I grew up in a family. My dad, my brother, my brother carried me everywhere with him. He's five years older. He even carried me on dates with him. So he carried me duck hunting and bird hunting and everything else in the car that we still have, by the way, in my garage, a 1930-31 A-mile roaster oh, that cool. we used to fill up with bird dogs in the rumble seat and take off. And I started with him, and I, I can remember and take you right to the first duck I shot at 12 years old, and I can take you within 10 feet of the first quail I, I killed when I was 12. And it was because my dad, my grandfather, I didn't know my grandfather. He died before I had a chance to really know him. But uh, I have his Parker that he shot and carried around and shot for other people because he would go out in the county and sleep in their barns and stuff, selling them products. <laughs> and and uh, he, I've got the gun that he would shoot <laughs> rabbits and quail and stuff. Yeah. I want you to talk about that gun when we come back. We're going to move to our first break. We've got lots to talk about with today's guest, legendary artist Bob Timberlake. This and a whole lot more is coming right up. I'm Rob Keck, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back hair. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answer, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with renowned artist, designer, and outdoorsman, my good friend Bob Timberlake. Bob, before the break, you were telling me about uh, your grandfather's shotgun. Let, let's pick up there where, where I interrupted you. It's a, it's a great, very used gun, never been refinished or anything. It's a Parker Vulcan 12-gauge. 
And uh, he was traveling uh, back in the early, well, 1900s, 1905 and stuff. And he was ha- he would he would shoot quail and rabbits and stuff and feed the families where they'd let him sleep in the barns and stuff that he was had to sleep in and stuff. And um, I've heard many many stories about him, even though I was only two when he passed away. But then my father uh, carried on the tradition from my grandfather. And um, then my brother uh, has always carried me everywhere with him, and I just uh, I had a lot of aunts and uncles, black and white, by the way, that carried me rabbit hunting, coon hunting, possum hunting at night, with running through the woods with spider webs <laughs> all over us and everything, and uh, trapping. I was I had my driver's license when I was fourteen, uh, and I was in South Carolina. And I was, uh, I was, I was actually running the trap line at 14 and 15 and 16 before school in the mornings. Oh, me, so me I was too. Trapping mink, mink, muskrat, and you know, possum and coon, and yeah. And I was all over everywhere. Uh, my brother and I built our first lake house when I was 10 years old, and he was 15, and it was a shack, and we fished the, the lake, we seen the lake, we fall gigged, we lived off the land, actually. My bigger brother carried me, as I said, everywhere, and I I would go anywhere with him and did anything with him that he wanted to do. And we just had a great way to grow up. It was absolutely, we were in the woods, and it was just wonderful, to tell you the truth. And I, I, that's where I think I gathered a lot of my art ideas from watching trees and black and red ants fighting uh, when I was watching hunting for squirrels at the base of a tree and I'd watch the ants and everything else at at my feet and uh, I think that's where I really got a feel and a a love for different kind of trees oak trees and everything else and what what they look like and what their bark look like and what they look like in the winter time when they were just the woods were nothing but skeletons and we just could see in the woods and track in the woods and track uh, uh you know rabbits and squirrels and everything else in the woods it was a great way to grow up we even oh, we even tracked bees we would get two of us and one of us would see a bee come by from a flower and then go stretch out like leapfrog and the next one would see him go by and then we'd go back then we'd find that with a bee beehives were right but uh you know catching uh flying squirrels and taking them to school and oh everything i used to go to school and hip boots by the way oh my gosh well you know bob you're talking <laughs> about a time in this country that life was much simpler and yeah. people became more intimately attached to the land and that's something yeah. that's gone and you know unfortunately we've got you know a generation or two that you know they've become so urbanized that they they don't have any idea what you're even talking about, and that that is truly a shame. And I know you're sharing that with your art, and that's where I'm going to move right now. That you know, you and I share the love of art. In fact, my degree is in art, and you know, so many things you talk about are the way I grew up as well. And an inspiration of one of America's most renowned artists, of the 20th century, Andrew Wyeth. I know he touched both of us, and. You know, we're both fortunate to have spent time with him, encouraged by him. Tell us about your experience with Wyeth and his encouragement to paint full-time. 
Well, I was, uh, it, it was very dramatic. Uh, I guess the best thing I had going for me was I was so naive. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I was, I was a businessman. I was actually running, operating our own five different businesses that my dad and grandfather started. And I had three kids and owed everybody in the county and, um, this art thing, which I'd been doing since I was a little boy, but I didn't get serious about it until I was about 30 years old. And then I started, I started noticing this thing more and more and it started pushing me. And I met Mr. Wise through a friend, Dr. Margaret Handy, who was, who was his children's, uh, pediatrician up in, um, up in uh, Pennsylvania. And, um, met her accidentally and she encouraged me to call him, which I did. And he answered the phone and, uh, essentially, without knowing who in the world I was, said, I'll see you when you get here. And I did. I went up, and this naive boy from North Carolina walked in and took some paintings. And essentially what happened, he said, you just need to go home and paint. And uh, I did. I got in the car the next day and drove from Pennsylvania, ran out of gas on the Virginia-North Carolina line. <laughs> My father was in the car, and I could not talk to him or my wife or anybody else to tell him what I had in mind, that I was going to quit all this other business stuff and, and go start painting. Or, you know, I can only imagine. It, it was crazy. And so what I did for the next 11 months was kind of showed them how I could do it. And by the time I did do that, they were all encouraging me and pushing me, and I uh, in January 1970, I started painting full-time as a professional artist. had my first show that that May in Winston-Salem, which was sold out, the most uh, the first sell-out exhibition at this very prestigious gallery in Winston-Salem. It was the Southeastern Center of Contemporary Art then. And mm-hmm. um, then I, the next year, actually one year after that, I was in New York, and the Hammer Galleries took on my art, and uh, amazingly, by the way, I just walked in the door. It was a, a doctor, uh, Dr. Ha- Armand Hammer's brother was there, and he took me in. Just He was there 10 minutes that morning, and I happened to catch him, and he took my stuff immediately. And uh, that was in 71, January 71, and then in... And 73, I had my first exhibit, and bam, it was sold out uh, the day before it opened. And then the next one was sold out two days before it opened, and the next one three days before it opened. Wow. And it was Amazing. Katie Bar the door. Amazing. Well, look, we're going to take our next break, but we return. We're going to hear a whole lot more about the artwork and the world that Bob Timberlake's created. This and a whole lot more is coming right up, and I'm Rob Keck, your host here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. 
More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we've been having a wonderful visit with renowned artist, designer, collector, outdoorsman, Bob Timberlake. Bob, how did your family feel when they began to see this this career take off? And I can imagine, you know, growing up in a, in a business world, a family business world, and then taking off on your own, something that, uh, you know, had been with you, you know, a passion that you've had. What was that like? Well, it was, it was, I think, confusing to them, but I, <clears throat> they had seen me paint all my life from the time I was a little boy, and I had actually won my first national award when I was 15. I won the first Ford Motor Company-sponsored industrial arts award ever won in the South mm-hmm. for a piece of furniture that I built and spent 350 hours on it when I was in the 10th grade. And I was only 15. I was started when I was 14. But anyway, um, I won $100 on a trip to Dearborn, Michigan. <laughs> and uh, that was a painted chest that I built. A piece, it was a piece of furniture, but I hand-painted the chest. And mm-hmm. not to, to imagine in 1952 what that chest was to come later. Those people up in Dearborn, Michigan, what they saw in this little artist down in North Carolina to give him that award and to not know that all those 40-some years later, his furniture would become the most successful line of furniture in the history of the world. Wow. And wow. uh, it, it, I lay awake at night thinking about and knowing who had planned that. It wasn't <laughs> me that planned it. Well, I can, I can, I know who. I think many yeah. out there do too. What a, what a, what an honor. What a gift. What a gift for sure. Well, look, we're going to get to furniture in a little bit later here in the show. But back in 1980, you also designed a very special stamp for the U.S. Postal Service. And I suppose that maybe some of our listeners have licked some of those stamps uh, for sending their Christmas cards. Tell us about that. Well, there's really a lot of stuff going on about that. I was honored, obviously, to do the Christmas stamp, and there are like six artists that Jamie Wyeth had done one, uh, Andrew Wyeth's son, and, and Grandma Moses and Norman Rockwell had done one <clears throat> other than their designers. And so we did one, and it had a Raggedy Ann doll in it, and everybody was happy, and they sent me the stamps, and I had a proof of the stamp, actually the stamp. And a designer called me from up in Connecticut, and he said, Bob, we... We got a problem with the stamp, and I said, "Why? It's it's great. What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, we can't we can't do the uh, Raggedy Ann doll because the Knickerbocker Company owns a copyright, and we don't pay copyright. We don't we don't pay royalties. So we had to change it in ten days. So I did change it in ten days, but I still have that first stamp. Wow! <laughs> they what burnt." A- they, they burnt the a, other 800 million stamps except oh for that my gosh. one. What stamp. a collector's piece that is. <laughs> but anyway, then I did the uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. I grew up in both states a lot. And um, then I did the North University of North Carolina, the first um, university of the people, 
uh, State University, and uh, I did a postcard. So I've really been excited and honored to be able to do those. Well, it, it certainly is an honor. And when you look at all the different awards and the opportunities that led you to, you know, creating a postal stamp or a state stamp, and, and, and I look, at, as I introduced you earlier in the show, tell us of those numerous art awards, which one means the most to you? Well, the, the Albert Schweitzer Award, obviously, is the only time anybody, any artist has ever received it, and it was a national, well, international award. And I'm still honored about that and from dazzled about it and uh, just, you know, can't get over that. But I've received just a, a United Way Award here in my hometown um, that my uh, dear friend Charles Carroll presented to me. And uh, Perry Como uh, did a tribute behind the stage, uh, my voice, uh, to my wife. Uh, winds beneath, he sang wind, wind Beneath My Wings to my mm-hmm. wife, who we all know is the real uh, better three-fourths in my family. <laughs> and she's the one that uh, I can would do anything for, but if I did not have her or my family, I wouldn't probably be anything. Well, that is so true. I mean, behind every successful man, there's a very, very important woman, and I know I can speak the very same way. Well, Bob, you draw inspiration from a number of outdoor experiences and from a much simpler time in life, and and you've touched on some of that. Talk to us about those subjects that really appeal to you. Well, I think the outdoors uh, <clears throat> definitely does, and I experienced so many things and have all my life since I was a little boy chasing rabbits and everything else. And then my grandkids came along, and uh, my children came along, my grandkids, and I've continued to do. I get a spurt every time you know <laughs> somebody else wants to go with me. So uh, the outdoors, the trees and stuff, uh, and the old barns and Things like that, as Charles Carroll also said, you know, a time when people live further apart yet closer together. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, uh, we're losing a lot of that, uh, but it's still important. And my kids and my grandkids, uh, hope will do that. And I'm working very hard to try to save habitat and everything else for younger folks to be able to get out in the woods and the fields and the lakes and to be able to have a place they can go and get out from behind the computers and the telephones, sitting in restaurants looking at a telephone, but which bothers me a lot. Um, I just wish kids had a chance to grow up like I did, and I think my grandkids and my kids did. And I just want to, if you, you know, if you, I just want to share that. And if you share it, uh, you don't lose it. And I'm just trying to work to do that with their ducks unlimited and everything else, the Wildlife Habitat Foundation, and all these things that we're trying to raise money for. Then Richard and John, Richard Childers or Johnny Morris, are the big, they're just doing so many things to, to help in that area with the Boy Scouts and everything else. And I'm just trying very hard to keep that way of life uh, uh, alive. Well, there's no doubt about it. You're you're so well spoken in, in expressing that very very thing that 
many of us in, in this world are trying to, to do to, to improve life, uh, because you cannot have the same connectivity through an iPhone as what you did when you were close together as a family. Well, look, Bob, we're going to take our next break. We're just out of time in this segment, and uh, we're going to continue our exploration, folks, of the world of artist Bob Timberlake. This and a whole lot more coming right up. I'm Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We will be right back. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. And welcome back to the second half hour of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we are pleased to have with us a wonderful person, a guy that has a deep love and reverence for our land, our water, and our air, our natural resources. He's a wonderful artist, designer, outdoorsman. He's also a collector as we explore the world of Bob Timberlake. Bob, you're a collector. You collect a lot of images, uh, you know, that have inspired you they came from that simpler time of life that we were talking about tell us about your collections really interesting stuff i'm afraid i'm a pack rat (laughs) (laughs) so a lot of my furniture ideas came from antiques that i'd collected over the years and 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 i couldn't collect and i just admired but i knew where they were and but my paintings, I use props in my paintings of boats. I, have, uh, I collect canoes. I had 90 canoes at one time. I've oh gotten gosh. rid of a lot of them. Who, who needs 90 canoes? <laughs> uh, but I use those canoes like the one we used in the Keep America Beautiful uh, commercials with Iron Eyes Cody. Uh, actually, I've still got the canoe that was in those PSAs that we started using back in the 70s and 80s and all up. And I'm very, pro- I just, you know, I just use those canoes and I use the duck decoys and all those things, pots and pans <laughs> and everything else you can imagine, barns. And, and, uh, I use those things for my inspiration. And I, it's not hard to find inspirations. I have every day three or four hundred things I want to paint, but I, I'll, I couldn't live ten lifetimes. And do all the paintings that I want to do right here at this moment. Well, you're an inspiration, inspiration to to so many of us, especially those that like to hold a paintbrush in our hands and think that we can create. Well, look, I want you to talk about Bob Timberlake, the designer. Tell our listeners about the comprehensive line of furniture that you design. You touched on it there in an earlier segment. Certainly, uh, that chest that went to Dearborn, Michigan, uh, was huge. But tell us about the designer of all this wonderful furniture. 
it it sounds too simple the way it happened. Uh, I had several furniture folks talking to me about doing something with them in the furniture business until my local company right here in Lexington that I own stock in, by the way, at the time, and my and my father-in-law actually ran the plants. Uh, it was forest for the trees. Other people were asking me, but my local company, the one I was so close to, didn't know what I was doing and or thinking or even what I was uh, thinking about. Until they came down here to my studio one day, one of the sons, and it blew his mind. He walked in the door and he said, Bob, we got to do something with this. And from that moment on, uh, these other people didn't seem to fit what I wanted to do. But my local home-owned, family-owned company that I started working with, was just, it was a right mix. It was a marriage, literally, as they say, marriage, marriage in heaven, made in heaven. And um, I started out, and they let me, thank goodness, with uh, where you know where your heart is, so is your treasure thing. Uh, I, they let me do the things I loved, and all I did simply was the things that I loved the most to do. And I love to have around me and surround me myself with them. I had never been in a furniture plant. Uh, I had never been into to a furniture exhibition, a show. And I just got over my 50th international furniture market, by the way, this, a couple of weeks ago. And um, my family has been in the business of uh, home furnishings for 102 years. And uh, Repeat that so again. I want to make sure everybody hears that again. I, I don't think there's many companies that can ever brag about that, but tell mention that number again. My well, my family, my grandfather started it in 1913, and uh, actually before that, in a wagon. But he started, uh, he incorporated in 1913, and so we've been in the business for 102 years. <laughs> and one of the more, more amazing things, my secretary has been with me 55 years. Wow. Wow. That is, <laughs> if she, that is if she leaves, I'm probably going to leave. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Where are you going to go? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 79 years old, and I cannot, I cannot even imagine being retired. People ask me about that. I can't even. I'm retired anyway. I've been retired for almost 50 years doing what I wanted to do. Yep. Well, you know, I've had so many mentors over the years. Ask me, you know, what's the secret to happiness and longevity? And and every one of them has told me to a person, don't ever retire. Keep your mind and body active, and that's what I see in Bob Timberlake. There's some the, the secret to that. I think is someone to love, something to look forward to, and something to work hard at that's worthwhile to work at. If you're mm-hmm. digging a ditch, do it right. Exactly right. Well, tell us about the collection of Bob Timberlake Home. And another well, world of Bob Timberlake. We'd done everything. I was my own architect when I was 12 years old. So <laughs> anyway, I don't even know where to start. Uh, the We're doing some tiny homes now. And we have done, I have designed actually all kinds of houses, um, the lake houses, beach houses that we built, and apartments, and, and actually our business offices. And... Um, uh, just I don't know when my brother and I built that little house when I was ten years old. It was a shack, uh, and he was fifteen. 
uh, I got I caught on fire. Uh, the building world is is amazing to me, and I've just been interested in plans and houses and design, not only in furniture and art, but in building houses. And I we're actually talking about building these tiny houses now, which are are captivating. By the way, there's some unbelievable and very interesting ideas in the small uh, house market now. Wow. Well, look, we are just about out of time here, so we're going to take our next break. And when we return, folks, we're going to be talking about the brand of Bob Timberlake right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And this is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. We are back, and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're privileged to have with us the man whose name and signature can be found on fine art, furniture, apparel, and so much more, my good friend, Bob Timberlake. Bob, it is amazing on what you have been able to create. And I know there's probably people out there saying, well, how can they, where can they find these lines of furniture? Where can they, you know, tap into to what Bob Timberlake has to offer. Share with us uh, how they can do that. Well, I'm working with the best people in the world. I'm working with Century Furniture, and their furniture, of course, is in all, a lot of the, I guess not all, but most of the high-end stores all over the country. Uh, and we used to be in Europe and everywhere else, too. Um, but Caristan uh, Mohawk rugs, everybody recognizes those. We're doing those, by the way, and making those out of uh, water water bottles, making most of our rugs ever, uh, in North Carolina or in Georgia, and making them out of milk jugs or, or uh, recycling bottle, <laughs> uh, plastic water bottles. And uh, we're making our outdoor furniture, our, our, our rocking chairs, which bass, bass carries, and we're doing all, all, we're in most of the big, not big stores, but we're in most of the high-end stores that are, that are, and I guess not so high-end, but I can't even tell you how many we are in. But it's, um, it's, they're all over the country and, uh, the things, and if you can't find them, just go to bobtimberlake.com and we'll try to find out where they are. But Bass Pro has so much of our, our products there, the clothes and chairs, uh, rocking chairs and uh, food and everything else. Tell us a little bit more about what shoppers, when they go to Bass Pro Shops, what they can find. I know they probably see, you know, the clothing. You can see the, the header, the sign, you know, Bob Timberlake collection. But, uh, you know, 
they don't have rocking chairs in the clothing department. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, we've got clothing, we've got lighting, uh, we've got bedding there, uh, the chairs, rocking chairs, uh, which are uh, pretty uh, classic uh, southern chairs, by the way, uh, made here in North Carolina. And food products, and of course we got uh, we got canvas and leather luggage, dinnerware. Uh, we're getting ready to do some the art, by the way, in the very near future. We're going to be down in two stores here in, in North Carolina, Concord, and, and down at near Raleigh. And the Buck Stove folks, which is everybody knows the, the uh, Iron Stove folks, the sure. Buck Stoves are the best in the business. Uh, their products, and then of course the, we're working on uh, the Beretta gun idea. And, Tell us about uh, that. I, I think uh, Bass Pro maybe ma- help make that introduction. But you were approached uh, by Beretta for this exactly special gun. Right. Uh, tell, tell us, tell us about that. It's pretty exciting because we have a Beretta store inside the pyramid there in Memphis. So this is pretty cool. Share with share with our listeners about this. Well, the idea came to do, I shoot over and unders and a lot of guns. I've shot a lot of guns and, and I shoot a lot. And, uh, Beretta is obviously the oldest, uh, gun company in the world. And they are, you know, everybody knows how good they are and they just are. And so we were talking about doing a gun that we would really be proud of. And actually, now it's gotten into a set of guns, 410, uh, 28, 20, 12. And um, it wouldn't be the barrels, it would be the guns. So uh, we're talking about the design and doing them in a special way. Uh, there may be something to do. or And so anyway, but Johnny was so nice, Johnny Morris was so kind to uh, actually put his thumb of approval on this. And uh, we're all excited about it. it uh, there could be use of sporting clays or shooting. I've been shooting sporting clays since we used to walk down through the woods and throw a hand trap through the woods at each other. <laughs> and uh, that's I've been there. I started when I was probably 12, 10 or 12 years old. But anyway, uh, that's where it is. Um, it, I think the designs are in Italy are about now. Well, Bob, you've had this lifelong love affair with the outdoors and you've passed this enjoyment of, of fishing and hunting on to your children and grandchildren. And of course, just as we've passed on to you, share with our listeners what that means to you to be able to, to pass that enjoyment, to pass that, that heritage on to them. I, Rob, I wish you could, and I can see it right now, but I wish you could have been with me in South Carolina, my seven year old grandson, sitting on a friend of mine from Virginia, Dick Andrews, on his lap at 6.30 in the morning in the haze of the new morning, missed out in front of him, and when he shot his first turkey, sitting on my friend's lap, and the scream that he, you know, he, he with his face mask on, and the mist out in front of there, and he shot that turkey in the head with his 410, uh, single barrel 410, <laughs> and I don't know how to tell you about that. It was I incredible. I will I never, ever forget it. Well, what what would be your message you'd want to give to listeners out there that you know, are thinking about taking their child or their grandchild out for their first hunt? Share with us 
There's thoughts. no other experience like being in a duck blind and listening to those whistling wings or seeing a, uh, the gold of a sun sunrise or anything. It's just I don't know how to tell everybody, but it, that experience it can't be compared to anything else that I know of. Uh, being with your kids is obviously the greatest thing, kids and grandkids. And our kid, if you haven't got one, take one. But it's, it's, it's amazing to be out there in the wild and to just, whether you're shooting or not shooting, to listen to those whistling wings coming over you and, and, uh, the, hearing the call, these geese, I'm sitting here watching these geese. Um, I don't know how to explain it to you, but it's, it's my world and it's something that I have gained from it that I'll never forget and I want to pass it on the best I can uh, to other people and in other words if I, I just love it and if there's any way I could pass it on I will yeah well you know in so many words it, it is a trophy experience it has nothing to do with the bird or the animal that you take it's all about what you just described and that's something that we got to continue to to share even with those people that don't hunt. Well, look, we're going to take our final break, but when we return, we're going to continue to explore the world of Bob Timberlake. But this is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located 10 miles south of Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here. At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere, with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Cafe, all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000-square-foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full-service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations, looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-LODGE. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World when our guest is artist outdoorsman, a great friend of the outdoors, and for this country, a great human being, Bob Timberlake. Bob, I cut you off right there at the end when we were talking about that experience. My grandson killed his first quail when he was seven years old over his own dog at 11 months old. Oh, my gosh. That was, he shot the quail, the first shot he, over that dog with a 410, and the dog stood wing to shot at 11 months old until he reached around, tapped him on the head. That experience, I don't know how... The dog's name was Michael Jordan, by the way. <laughs> and his other dog, a friend of mine had given him both dogs, was Dennis Rodman. And it I don't know how to explain that experience. I was behind him, but 
those experiences in the woods and in the wild, deer stand, whatever you want to do, hunting, hunting, fishing, trout fishing can be the same way as Charles Gallant used to say. You know, the Lord is happiest when his children are at play while we were fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, I just, there are too many wonderful experiences out there in the wild that I wish we could share with everybody. I hear you. Well, why don't you share the story of working with our mutual friend and decorated conservationist, Eddie Bridges, and, you know, that themed wildlife series, a sportsman series. Tell us about that. Well, we're trying to raise uh, money, as, as it always is, trying to do th- not only raise money but bring awareness to habitat, uh, saving habitat and uh, Habitat Foundation. Uh, Eddie's been an amazing uh guy in the conservation world he's just done everything you can think of our our ducks i mean our <clears throat> excuse me our lifetime licenses here in north carolina and uh, so many many things i can't even tell all of them but it is my he's a mentor of mine that we we love to hunt together we do things together and and try to pass save these habitats and these fields and these woods and these lakes and these things for the younger generation to enjoy after we're gone. And my, my son is doing that too, Dan Timberlake. And they're all working together. And I'm using my art to raise money for him. And I've done, I use my art all the time for different things like that. But that's what I guess really is the crux of it that I'm, I'm really involved with it is trying to create things that they can raise um, monies for to do things. I did the same thing with Keep America Beautiful. We did uh, use my art to raise money there. Well, Eddie is an amazing human being, as you've pointed out. He's also field and stream uh, hero uh, of conservation. He was the man picked by Field and Stream magazine a couple years ago. And, you know, what, what a legacy he is. And he's still in there just... You know, working really, really hard. You know, we are just about out of time, but I, I've got to ask you just very, very quickly, share with us what it was like meeting the symbol of what you just talked about, Keep America Beautiful, Iron Eyes Cody. <laughs> Iron Eyes was great to work with. I met him, first got involved with him in 1975 up in New York with one of my shows. And I went to his home out in California, and I've, I've been all over. I've been to the White House uh, Oval Office with him twice, and and I cannot, in this short time, tell you what an amazing guy he was. Um, it was fun to work with him. We did most of the PSAs actually here uh, on the lake. And we did uh, PSAs with Boy Scouts and stuff like that, public service announcements. And I'm most proud to see that uh, the conservation uh, efforts that are now being made, recycling, uh, keeping your backyard clean, and the green thing that we see all now, uh, we did. We spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort trying to get that started in the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s and keeping it going. And now the fourth and fifth graders that we were trying to target those fourth and fifth graders now are grown up, and now they're doing something about it. What an inspiration you have been to so many and the achievements that have touched so many. What what a story. What a legacy you're leaving behind. You're truly a legend. I consider you a great friend, and I look forward to maybe making a turkey hunt with you 
sometime very, very soon. Thanks for being with us, and congratulations on the many achievements that you've inspired so many and you've touched so many people. Good luck to you, and continue being that role model for America. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I'm Rob Keck of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. See you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 